Every man has a property in his own person. This nobody has a right to but himself. John Locke, The Second Treaties on Civil Government, 1689. So where have we been for the last four months? A lot has gone on. Right. I, I feel like we've been in the same thing a lot of other people have been in, which is this fear... Like, I keep saying Plato's allegory at the cave, but in reverse. Like, everybody's been forced into a cave and told this is the only reality. And that's the same way that it worked, at least for me and I think for you growing up around what you get to modify with your body. is like, yeah, all those options existed, but those are for primitives and weirdos, and you fit into this group, and that's your choice. Right. I mean, to start at the beginning, we changed the location of our studio in March, right? Like this, because it all leads up well, to... Well, yeah, that was the... So, so we we decided to, and, and we've talked about this before, it's not a right. new subject. So in March, we decided, um, well, we decided before that, but we March was the first that, yeah. month that we uh, moved our business to a new studio in, in uh, Merrimack, New Hampshire, and we yep. left Salem. Um... We had a chance to work there for two weeks. <laughs> Glorious two weeks. Um, when all of the pandemic stuff hit. Um, because you and I are both immunocompromised people. Uh, or lung-issued people. Oh, yeah. Severe asthma, and Jay's been in the hospital. Well, we literally, I had just gotten out of the <laughs> hospital from the ICU in February. Right, yeah. exactly. So, which was, you know... Uh, we talked Crazy about last place. time. So because we were not entirely sure what was going on and we were only had the information that we had at the time, like everyone else, right? Uh, we made the decision uh, the end of the third week of March because um, we didn't really work the first week of March because right. <clears throat> we were moving in. Um, it was the 20th was the last day that we tattooed. That was Sa- uh, Friday. my New Jersey people. Uh, no, that was the weekend before. Okay. Um, I remember, okay. Cause that was supposed to be my three day marathon. Right. And that whole, the, the two ends. So for those of you listening, uh, the individuals that came up to get tattooed always come up as a group because one of my clients likes to do these insane marathon sessions, which is totally valid way to approach modification and kind of along the lines of traditional ritual. Um, and all through that weekend, we weren't really able to get into it because of the fear that there was going to be a martial law type situation. We had feared that. We had heard from others that that was a potential. We were seeing National Guard movements. And one of the guys in the group was a cop from New Jersey, and he wasn't sure what was going on, but he was getting mixed reviews too. Right. So, it, yeah, it was chaos. It was chaos. So after that weekend, we made the decision that that Friday we were going to stop tattooing um, until we deemed it safe to return to tattooing. Right. Um, Like many people. Oh, yeah. Um, And then we didn't work for two and a half months. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that was, like I'm sure everyone who has been stuck in quarantine, um is incredibly frustrating. Um, We 
also decided to move to a new home at the time. So for those people listening, we were obviously living in Salem, Massachusetts, and we were already considering moving out because the drive to the new studio would be quite a long drive. And as it is, getting in and out of the city of Salem can take 45 minutes, even if you're going a few miles. So in order to save money and to be closer to location, we were looking at apartments out this way. And the, I'm going to just be honest, the, what was originally considered the least attractive apartment, the one that when I showed it to people, they said, please don't move in there. That looks bad. Um, actually turned out to be so far the best living situation Absolutely. I've had since I was a child and lived with my grandparents. I mean, mm -hmm. it is that cool. We have a wonderful setup. We actually have gardening space. We're mm -hmm. going to be getting rabbits. Our landlord is a really nice guy. He's very cool. So it worked out, but, uh, it was kind of, it was horrifying because we, had and to it make was, that decision. It was a kind of a last-minute decision because oh, yeah. we didn't want to get stuck in Salem for yep. a quarantine. Because that seems like a really bad idea because of the lack of resources. There's one place to get food, two places to get food in right. Salem proper. Um, and we knew that there were going to be food shortages and... Uh, God only knows what oh, else. Oh, yeah. Um, and cities were more likely to get actually shut down then sorry i'm we're in the bedroom right now and i'm not gonna stop what i'm doing That's in order fine. to do this because we always try to make it the most perfect podcast but realistically most of us are trying to now figure out how to get on the ball well i remember being in salem and it's actually only relevant as of now with the riots in minneapolis but i have friends of ours who we have friends of ours who work for you know uh fema and the national guard and the state police and the conversations we were having were not reassuring. Uh, watching the National Guard stage up the street with heavy artillery or light artillery, 50 cal machine guns and other shit didn't exactly bring a warm feeling to my heart. And we made a, a decision to get out of Dodge before we were kept in our kennels at gunpoint, which is exactly what it looks like is going on right now. Yeah. So <clears throat> fast forward to a lot of... New information and uh, oh, we were moving. And oh yeah, well was, yeah, we so we moved. Oh god, uh, we moved. That was like a hell month, and um, all of April, literally, pretty much. And I want to be clear: like every time we've ever moved, we always have a bevy of friends show up and uh, help us out. But because of the situation, none of that could happen. Yeah. So we had to move by ourselves. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a completely compromised left shoulder. Um, I have to have surgery, which is being delayed because, well, of all the things that are going on. And so this basically tore my left shoulder completely. I, I can barely lift my arm, um, but we managed. It took us a, over a month yep. to move everything. Yep. Oh. Um, and that, this is, you know, a, a six-room apartment plus three storage spaces into a three-room apartment and three storage spaces. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of things to move because we are two working artists who have side businesses, uh, individual studios at home, um, other assorted things, you know, plus all of our extracurricular activities. Right. Um, so, yeah, to say it was chaos is a bit of an understatement, but it distracted us for the first month of quarantine, essentially, which is kind of a 
an important point. Oh, that was a that was a huge plus. It, we, I don't think we could have moved the way that we did if we were working full time. Um, we no, would, I definitely we would still we be moving right now. Yep. If if we were working full time, so you know, a bit of a blessing in disguise, but also um, frustrating because we couldn't even pick up work no. if we had chosen to. Um, it's it's like a baptism by fire. Mm-hmm. Like I remember 2008, and I was kind of new to the game. And I hadn't been tattooing, uh, you know, back in the game again for very long. And we all of a sudden have this crash and it's like, well, I guess we're going to sink or swim. And that was kind of how we transitioned from Salem to where we are now was like, hey, maybe we'll move. Hey, maybe the world will fall apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it's, you know, things fall into place when they need to, but... I think there was a lot of nights that we just kind of sat there on the couch, on the couch, on the on the lawn chairs we had in the living room because we didn't have a couch, uh, <laughs> and just talked about how this was going to go for even the next week or two, like what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah, because it, I mean, I'm sure everyone else is feeling the same thing, which is uncertainty and fear, and oh, yeah. um, you know, we weren't making any money, and we had no way to get any income and it was before freelance people could get an employment um we literally used every penny we had yep so for those of you who know us very well and know that our plan was to buy a farm and watch our youtube channel becoming fully human and we were starting to document our process of getting a farm uh, that dream is temporarily on hold for the mm-hmm. foreseeable future. All of our savings were destroyed. Uh, the farms we were looking at are all gone now. And whether whether they are sold or just taken off the market because who's buying right. property right now? Nobody. Nobody. Uh, when real estate agents can't even show property right, right now, that's you know. So we don't we don't really know. Um, we are doing our homesteading thing, though, that we weren't really able to do in Salem. That's so true. That's true. I'm, I'm pretty okay with that that's as a, an alternative. Absolutely, and we we're gonna we put some of that on there. We're gonna put more up. We're doing yeah. kombucha. We're doing sauerkraut, we sprouts, doing all the things. Raised beds, rabbits, mushrooms. It, so, it's, well, it's I'll a leave, good thing. I'll leave a link to that um, YouTube channel in the. Um, in the description so people can check that out if that's something that they're interested in it's not it is not about body modification in any way shape or form but it is about why we need to return to kind of the way our ancestors lived right and that is also why body modification is very important yeah like body modification's not the central focus there's some elements to it but it really isn't humans as in general the focus yeah um so where we're at now. <laughs> Welcome to the now. Um, we go back to work tomorrow. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, and so this gets into body modification and how it's viewed. Yeah. So how we're getting back to work tomorrow actually is something that. Yeah. So uh, almost like most most states across the country right now are not allowing. Um, most people related to personal care to do their jobs. Um, that is estheticians, um, 
massage therapists, personal trainers, trainers, tattoo artists, body piercers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Hairstylists were allowed back in Massachusetts in phase one um, with very weird and not helpful kind of rules and regulations that, you know, they could only have 30 minutes appointments and they can't have more than one person per per stylist at a time and they could only do root touch-ups not full hair color well we know that the reason that they were included in phase one is because all of the uh we're i'm just gonna say middle-class white women (laughs) um were you know in an uproar that they couldn't get their bangs trimmed and their roots touched up um and they are married or are the politicians depending yeah that are making decisions and um and uh so yes hairstylists were included in that first round though i think most hairstylists were not excited about being included because there's no real good guidelines on safety and there was no PPE that was available and there was no like a million different things but in order to get people to shut up about their damn roots and their bang trim politicians figured they could solve the problem by yeah by doing that it again it it was funny because when we were it was our shop and specifically Larry who actually spearheaded the campaign to get tattooing open back in New Hampshire. And we had to point out that the guidelines of 30 minutes for hairstyles, especially with hairstyles not understanding personal protective equipment or cross-contamination in any significant fashion like we do in the body modification industry, Mm -hmm. it was pointed out that this is a song and dance for political theater. This is not reality. We still have trouble getting people to understand that now. Mm -hmm. People have been so duped into believing whatever they're being told is the truth. Even the WHO has changed their position five or six times in the last two months on whether or not you should even be wearing a mask. You know, the the Surgeon General for the U.S. doesn't agree with this. Multiple doctors stood up and questioned this, and they were, some of them lost their license, people were persecuted for this. But the point of being able to modify your body is that you choose what you do with your body. Mm -hmm. And all of us had that choice taken away. And as they brought it back in, you could see the holes in the logic. Mm -hmm. You know, to this day, we still have trouble explaining to people that they are safer with us than they are with their barber. Because they always keep going back to, well, it's, you know, you guys deal with blood and bodily fluids. Yeah, but this is a respiratory illness. It's not, we're not, you're not getting this through blood transfusion. You're getting it through, you know, water droplets being exhaled from people Mm -hmm. and you're touching them and then eventually they make their way into mucosal membrane or into uh, nasopharyngeal airway or something. And then you get sick. Well, we're tattoo artists. We don't do that. We piercers, body modification artists, we prevent uh, cross-contamination by good working use of PPE. And we would go to the store. universal precautions. Oh, yeah. We go to the store and watch the same people use the same gloves and the same money, the same groceries. If anything, they were spreading it. Yep. And yet we also had people who were, they were so afraid they couldn't think for, they still, a lot of them can't think for themselves. And they, they, so they reinforce the narrative that the sky is falling without actually asking good questions. Yeah. 
This is the same problem we got back in, you know, this is why tattooing was made illegal in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, which is like, you know, I don't, for anyone that doesn't know, and I don't remember if we've actually talked about this before. I don't think we've talked about so, this on the show. Massachusetts had um, tattooing illegal, I was it, maybe from the 60s? Yeah, late Until 60s. 2001. Yeah. And the reason it was illegal was because a politician uh, who was running for re-election, very important point. Yep. His son came home from Vietnam with a drug addiction and a tattoo and hepatitis C, which he then proceeded to die from. And to prevent the public from knowing that his son had a drug addiction, they he blamed it on the tattoo. Now, yep. granted, universal precautions were not a thing in the 60s, and he got tattooed in Vietnam. It is unlikely. Well, we know he got tattooed in the service. We don't know if he got tattooed. Okay, that's overseas. true. That's but true. But yeah, but yeah, but exactly. It is unlikely, as an active IV drug user, that the one time he got a tattoo, that's where he picked up the hepatitis. Right. Um, For those of you who aren't familiar with this, it does shock some people, especially if they're younger, that it was illegal. So, and to give you a, just a brief background, during part of the '90s, I worked in the underground tattoo industry and helped put on tattoo parties. We used autoclaves. We went way over the top. Even e even with, by the standards in which they opened later, we were pretty clean. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that mistakes weren't made, but the person I was working with was one of the people who helped legalize tattooing. Not the person. It the person, it, but there's different people who worked on it. He was one of them. And we were told... I'm just clarifying this for how things work. We were told back in, I heard as early as 95, that it would take about $150,000 greasing the right palms for this to become legal. And lo and behold, when the court cases actually won out, it cost about $150,000, and it had to be the right palms being greased for this to become legal. Mm -hmm. What you also need to know is that when it became legal, you didn't get your rights back in the state of Massachusetts. As soon as it became legal, the state then took away scarification. Mm -hmm. So you can do tattooing in Massachusetts. You can do piercing. You can no longer do scarification. Yep. So just in case you think that you're making progress and getting your rights back, you're getting select things back. Right. I'm sorry, like, I had to point that what out. What they deem to be appropriate Oh, absolutely. Um, and I will say this, that scarification has a long tradition in this country in certain fraternities and usually among people of color. Uh, and that could be them taking back their ownership of their body because branding and how they do it is also a way that slaves were marked. Right. So I, rightly or wrongly, and this could be wrong, I believe they're deriving that from that tradition and they're somehow taking back ownership. Well, also, the if you go, I mean, even now in parts of Africa that still maintain traditions of their ancestors. Scarification is predominantly done by groups of people who have darker skin tones because uh, they're more prone to keloiding, which creates more beautiful scars. Or mm -hmm. if you don't want a scar, it's pretty horrible. Um, and also it shows up when tattoo ink does not show up. Right. Um, there were many traditions that would kind of combine the two. So you'd have scarification and you'd rub ash into it so that it would be a darker scar. But it is very, very traditional in especially African-American, um, some South American, uh, some, uh, I'm trying to think, um, 
I know I'm forgetting a group of I, people. I actually but. abstractly think about the Germans cutting their faces in the last hundred years and then pouring stuff in it to make them scar as a military uh, right. mark of masculinity. But yeah, but here you're you're take you're giving people tattooing, but you want to make sure that the savages that don't only, become part yeah, of it, right? Only, only what is appropriate and what is, yeah. Uh, exactly. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> that works. What is deemed appropriate by, you know, upper class, middle class white people. Um, yep. <clears throat> so, um, where were we going with that? Well, just the fact that, you know, I, we were just touching on how it was brought back into Massachusetts. You also lost stuff. Right. But at the same time, like, you know, this idea of modifying self and what is allowed and overreached by the state. So right now being in a in a place where our states and the I don't know, the government overall is currently controlling what you can and cannot do with your body. Like 100%. You can and cannot leave your house. You oh, We but, watched a video earlier today of the National Guard firing either spray cans or rubber bullets at people stepping onto their front porch. On their property. Right. On their porches. That That is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, Those of us who, like, you studied body modification, you get to see it. It's it, You've seen the history of this on a different level than most people Well, it's do. very... So the first thing, when, when any group of people is colonized... The first thing you do is you take away their freedom over their body. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. Whatever that looks like. So when you're colonized by Christian groups, as as most of us were, um, the first thing that they would do when they would come into a new place is tell you that all your gods are demons, um, that all of your dress is wrong, and it's uh, immodest and um, will make God mad at you. Um, they take away your, the way that you decorate your body, whether that is paint or hairstyles. They tell you that your hair is the wrong texture. They tell you it's the wrong color. It's the wrong. Well, we saw that in the last, what, 10 years in the army, right? Like you normal, straight, not permed, not nappy. I think they even use nappy in one of their, like, Mm -hmm. uh, no, you don't understand ethnic hairstyle. Like what the hell is that? all of a sudden, everything that you were before that moment in time was was wrong and was because the devil. It's um, other, right? That you're which, other. Because you're other, and now you must be assimilated right. into whatever this new culture is that doesn't understand your culture. So the first thing that people are often told is that, um, like, their tattoos, their body paint, their piercing practices, their scarification practices are uh, destructive to their bodies and they're not okay because God gave you the body that you were born with and you better be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're ruining his <coughs> creation by doing whatever you're doing. So n- now you no longer have <coughs> control over even that part of how you express yourself to your community. Right. Um, they, you know, put people in uniforms. Um, so right now we're seeing that we are not allowed to do almost everything. And, and to some degree, I understand if what, and there's, yeah. 
Well, if they were really protecting you, right, and that's and the, that's the that's and that's the thing. the thing is that they're not, no. um, not anymore anyway, um, because we're seeing in places like Sweden that <coughs> did not shut down, that businesses went on as usual, that they they cautioned people, they told people with, you know. Secondary issues, compromised immune systems, the elderly to, you know, have the least amount of contact possible. They're really not doing much I think the comparison is that they're like, there's a mortality rate that looks like our sickness rate might be higher than some of the countries around them. But in the long term, it won't be. And the economic damage is not there like it is in other places. So that... And people don't seem to understand that the economic damage long term, people losing their jobs by the millions and becoming poor, uh, that that can do more damage than the, the disease. Absolutely. You know, what did we listen to last night on the news was that the a food bank north of Boston is giving out 50,000 pounds every of week. food. No, no. I no, thought it was no, a day. No, no, no. Every week. They do it Is on it Saturdays. Week? It was a shitload, yeah, though. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. It, it was that before this situation, they gave a fraction of that out every month. It was one right. month, one day a month that they would have a food food uh, collection, like uh, people could come and pick up food. Now it's every Saturday, um, and they people start lining up at 4 in the morning, and they line up for about a mile and a half, and they <sighs> give out 50... What did you say? 50,000 pounds pounds of food. Yeah. So. And people, and I I understand when people go, well, that's great that they're giving it away. Yeah, but they can't keep up. Right. Like there's a certain point that this reaches critical mass. Right. And the damage is already done. Yeah. And, and grand scheme of things, like the, the reason people can't get food is because there's food shortages. Right. And there are food shortages because supply lines got cut down. Because our whole system is screwed. And that is one of the things that we're talking about on becoming fully human. So we won't get into it really here. No. But, so, right now, the government is still telling us what we are and are not allowed to do with our bodies. Yep. Because they would not allow consenting adults knowing the consequences and knowing the situation fully, as in, I have come in contact with this number of people, you have come in contact with this number of people, I think we have a low risk of infection and or dying from this, then we should be able to engage in a body modification practice as knowledgeable consenting adults. Because... It is my right to change my body when and where I choose. So here's the other argument, I, as I can see it, and you correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but I really do think this is how it works, is that your want to modify your body or your want to do what you want with your body is selfish mm-hmm. and dangerous to society. Yes. I feel like we've heard this Every time we talk about missionaries going to some oh, island, absolutely. what you're doing, I had it. I had a character on Twitter. What was it? Two years ago, message me, and this is a you know one of the red hat people telling me that the way I look is a danger to society, and that people like me should not look that way. Right. And I hear that same thing in you want to go outside of your house. You are going to get other people sick. You are going to bring down the fabric of society. And it's like. Really? Because 
that sounds an awful lot like you're taking my agency away under the guise of protectionism. And again, I feel like we are seeing that's not accurate. Mm -hmm. And what's even more horrifying is the people who think it worked. Right. Because they will do this with every subject. You know, you need to cut your hair short. We have a this problem and you, you need to not wear a veil in public, but you need to because we're going to have this problem. And it's like, whoa, whoa, Mm -hmm. whoa. What does this have to do with me? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah. So that prejudice is alive and well. It's still kicking. Um, And and I think like human beings are, um, let's see, afraid of the other. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we we know that. It's one of the reasons that racism is still so prevalent. Why people don't like the LGBTQ community. Yep. It's um, the other, Why right? people don't like those that are not of the, you know, great three religions. Right. Or, you know what, in America, maybe, you know, people don't like Muslims because they're the other and they don't understand that religion because where we are, where we are. Or heathens. Or, well, yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, 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 totally, absolutely. Um, and, like, I get it because that is how our brains evolved. Right. Is to make a split second decision. Like, you make your mind up about someone in the first five seconds that you contact them. Right. Part of that, I think, is intuition. I think part of that is, like, an energy exchange. Mm -hmm. Um, But part of that is your monkey brain or your lizard brain going threat or not threat. Right. Like, prey, predator. Predator, right. Um, What does their uniform look like? What are their tribal markings? Right. I come across the wrong guy in the woods. I'm putting a spear through that dude. is Is this someone I can trust or... Or do I need to be afraid of? And because the media in this country and the the history of how uh, the history of this country and and all countries who have have gone through um, all countries, I'm just gonna leave it at all. Well, countries. yeah, I was just saying because, yeah, all countries have every place in the earth has gone through this yeah. dramatic shift, right? Um, we have very. Uh, specific prejudices most of us oh yeah um i mean a good amount of the population grew up in like suburbs or rural areas Mm -hmm. that are very uniform looking people whether that is um their uh, skin color their mode of of dress their religion um and anyone who is not those things is an outsider and therefore scary and and hard to understand. Even if you personally have moved out of a place like that and are in a place that's more diverse and where you experience more cultural differences amongst people, in the back of your head, you still have that experience of small town America where everyone is the same. Mm -hmm. And you maybe moved out of that because you didn't want to be the same. But your brain still processes to some degree that when people don't look like you, they are other and therefore a little bit scarier than someone else that looks like you. Even if the only people that ever beat you up were people that look just like you. Yeah, You could have been hit by one kid with red hair and freckles, and then from then on out, anybody with red hair and freckles or maybe 
people in your town had slightly darker brown hair than people who That's had not even not even to or, that degree. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying like in general. Who, who are you most likely to get beat up by in school? Right. Well, there you like, go. That's the I, popular kids. Right. Right. So generally the popular kids are like the most attractive and most like generic white kids that you had. Well, I would in say the most attractive in in, yeah. in suburban okay. and rural America. Right. Not yep. and I'm not talking about cities that Sorry. have a diversity yep. of 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 people. I'm talking about the the Dawson's Creek reality. Yes. Yeah. That that group. Duxbury and Situate. Oh there you go. Um Yep. So so still in the back of your head, people are afraid of difference, even though the only thing they really have to be afraid of is the people that look like them. Yep. Um and it and that comes out in how we treat each other. And we don't really make an effort. Like, as a whole, I think we still go back to being afraid of what we don't understand. Oh, absolutely. Can I piggyback on something for just a second? Yeah. So one of the things that I think is interesting, and I was having a conversation with somebody before we closed down, um, was the... We are talking about... They were talking about racism. I remember this individual brought up racism... And uh, they said, you know, it's all learned. I said, eh, might be evolutionary too. And they got very upset and they're like, what do you mean, evolutionary? I said, well, for example, if you've got a group of people in Northern Europe who are reproducing, we all have very light skin because you live in a very dark forest environment. You don't get vitamin D very well. So having people breeding with someone who have a darker pigment might not be evolutionary success. You're predetermined to look for, okay, you're very pale, you'll probably do well. You know, when the same argument we made of people of color in warm, arid climates where you have lots of sun exposure. I don't do well in the sun. I About 20 minutes in and I'm burnt to a crisp. So I am not viable genetic reproductive material as a biological organism for somebody who has to survive that climate. We have since moved out of that. We have, you know, we have clothing, we have technology, but our brain's evolution may not have quite caught up yet, so you might have underlying fears also if you're not introduced to that. You know, I grew up around all different types of people, so I really don't care. But somebody who's never seen someone of this background, their instinctual brain might be going, hey, this person is other, and I can't figure out what other is. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought other was the uniform. Like, everybody wears this type of clothing in suburbia, and this person does not. You know, for us... It was being goth or being punk, you know? It's like, yeah, those people are other. But other presents in so many different ways. And we, you know, racists go, well, yeah, it's a, it's, it is it is part of your evolution to look for other. I'm like, well, we know that's not true anymore, though. Right, like, and we're not in a situation like... We're not in the same. Sort We're not of in the same. Yeah, like, I'm not in a northern European forest. Well, no, no, and not even that. I'm not yeah. even talking about that. But I'm, I'm, I, you know, like we don't live in small villages with a hundred people. Where, well, yeah, that's where that's being other is is a big deal. Like, right, being. But our brains haven't evolved yet beyond that. Right. However, we are. Um, we do have the ability to think. Um, and to make decisions. I think that was my point, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, but we, that's, yeah, we do have the ability to say, okay, that that's isn't quite what I was expecting, yeah. but, like, that's, that doesn't make a difference. Right. Um, I still think, no, ma no matter what, no matter what's written in any academia, because I'm a monkey, because I observe this on my own, without anybody needing to label it for me, that 
We don't exist like other animals. Our narrative controls us, and it controls us to a fault. Right. And that could be that we don't see something the way it is. We don't see anything the way it is at all. None of it. And yet we sit here in the modern world and go, well, body modification, that's a want. That's an extra. No, motherfucker. Right. Everything is. Right. Like, and we're seeing it as, okay, so which is the safe thing? There isn't. We're a large primate. We've evolved to understand no larger than a group of 150 people, and we've understood that we can modify ourselves and we can make tools. Now, 40,000 years might have come between that time where we entered into gardening and animal husbandry and now, and modifications have changed many times over, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're nothing like what they were 40,000 years ago. But the idea is still the same, is that we are still a large primate with a brain that's only capable of doing about 150 people, and we're not recognized that we're thrown into this weird, chaotic mix of billions of other primates. And because we don't understand each other and we don't understand ourselves, we are able to look at other primates, other members of our group, and go... You shouldn't be able to do this right now because I think it's a threat. Mm-hmm. So while it seems abstract to say, like, why would it be a threat if I pierced my ears? In the 1980s, when I had my ears pierced, it was a threat. You didn't look like a guy. You're supposed to be this. If you have an earring, you're gay or you're a criminal, i.e. you're one of a subgroup that we don't like. Yep. You're other. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going out and getting your roots done right now, you might fall into the selfish category and you might not. Well, and but if you're getting a tattoo, you're engaging in dangerous behavior. Yeah, getting your roots done is is uh, socially acceptable. Right. It's not socially acceptable to have roots. And that's that's exactly it, though. Right. And that's, it's frustrating because when we say, where are we going with this? Why, you know, I always feel like I'm the one going on a rant and where are we going with this? And both of us go off in these tangents. But the reality is that... It's frustrating because there is no absolute truth when it comes to this. Like, this is acceptable behavior, this is not. (laughs) But because of something inherent in our nature or our society or the way the world works or whatever, that's not my area of expertise, we can go, well, in this instance, we'll draw the line. Right. And what we haven't been able to do, but what we talk about is when it comes to your body, and modifying it. Not only did you evolve to do it, but no one has the right to tell you whether or not you get to modify it. Right. No one. And when people say, you don't get to do this, but I get to do this, mm-hmm. then you've just become other. Right. And other is not part of well, the group. And it, it was very, it's very clear based on the way that we were allowed to come back, like oh. the process of being allowed to come back to work, um, which I think we had started talking about, our, yeah. uh, the owner of the studio that we work at, Larry, um, at New Hampshire Tattoo, um, pretty much was on the phone every day oh God, with hours and hours. senators and representatives and assistance to those people and emailing and got on the a couple of radio calls with Sununu. And the reason he had to do all this is because we found out through his diligent work that no one was representing our community and there were no plans 
for us to for, open. For when we were going to come back. And to put that in perspective for people who don't understand, they'll say, well, you just want a tattoo. No, no, no. We are a small business. This is how we pay our bills. This is how we put food in our mouths. This is how we secure our lives. Mm -hmm. It isn't about just modifying your body. It became about the right to exist as a life form. Yep. And it only was through our efforts that the people who supposedly represent us were made aware that they had literally stepped on us and are still stepping on others. Right. And right. it's, it again, how could you do that? Easy. You're... Other. other so like why even bother thinking about you um right. and that and that was really they didn't even contemplate that that would be a thing or they're like who gives a crap about like not very many people get tattooed so it's not really right. important to cultural you really need a tattoo like, right now right exactly and the answer is you need a tattoo when you need a tattoo that's fucking right you um that is up to you to decide when you need it um it is not up to anyone else and unfortunately, while the quarantine was happening, a lot of people were getting tattooed underground. Oh, um, my goodness. Which yeah. might be legitimate, but often was in people's kitchens, which is just a bad idea. Like, it's just not. It is unlikely in many of those situations that the environment is clean enough mm -hmm. that it would be acceptable to any of us. Allow, allow me just the, the, the right to step on my own, mm -hmm. uh, my own street cred to ruin my reputation and say that if you think that tattooing someone in your kitchen is bad, then you need to explain to me what is good about making human beings sit in their houses, have no human contact, ruin their oxytocin, oh, yeah. destroy their vitamin D, not allowed to go out in the sunlight, and then go to a store where everybody is oh, going yeah, to, yeah. and then have people there who don't understand cross-contamination and personal protective equipment, right. and then have those people cross-contaminate all over the place. Oh, yeah. You would be less likely to get a disease from some mm. kitchen magician scratcher right. than you would if you go to your yeah, local I mean, and supermarket. I, I, there is always a caveat there because uh, because I know plenty of people who have tattooed out of their their houses, mm -hmm. other people's houses, you know, in basements of piercing studios, um, oh, underground, yeah. um, and and we're doing it perfectly legitimately and cleanly. I've done body modification in the woods. Absolutely. Um, that is not in. That is not what I'm really referring to. I'm really referring to people uh, buying equipment on online that don't know what they're doing, who don't know anything about cross contamination because their friends want to get tattooed, and there's no legitimate skilled tattoo artists to do that work for them. I'm talking about kids buying a gun on Amazon. She did that in air quotes. Um, Oh, and I, I and, agree with and, you. And some cheap Chinese ink that but God think, only knows what is in it. I think it's important to point out to people that we're, we, we understand the difference. We're right. pointing out the inconsistencies in the logic. Mm -hmm. I also, because of my mind and believing that you should have the right to do that, I wouldn't restrict any of those things. Right. Like, I think it's up to the individual to do their own due diligence and research subjects and then make a good decision that's something that our parents and educators are supposed to get us ready for as adults right well and that's and that is uh, unfortunately a thing that like mm, <laughs> yeah, parents don't have those conversations with their children or they don't have a lot of conversations yeah, yeah, with their children um you know uh and a lot of kids don't understand what 
negative impact you can have when modifying yourself. Not to say that that's wrong innately, because Jay and I certainly have talked about what we did as kids. Oh, yeah. Um, but we also had some understanding of cross-contamination and um, anatomy because mm-hmm. we grew up in, like, medical families. Right. Um, so we had a bit of a different perspective on, like, what we were doing and how dangerous it was and what we had to do to kind of... Um, remit some of that danger well, i love our a friend of ours our friend nikki who wrote on bme like oh yeah back in the 90s about her experience about us doing piercings in the side of her neck and we didn't need to but we actually went through the trouble of looking into gray's anatomy and just making sure we understood what we were doing which makes it sound more haphazard maybe sometimes than it looks or more involved than it looks it was literally being overly cautious mm-hmm. something that I see applied now, but not in a way that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so thankfully, Larry and his due diligence and getting a bunch of other people in the community together to also um, communicate with the government, um, and we all got on the open forum phone calls for a question and answer, um, and many people in the community had... Um, you know, a lot to say about what the regulation, the new regulations were going to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and because of all that hard work of all of those people, um, we were allowed to (laughs) tattoo again. Um, your majesty says you're allowed to make mockings on yourself, you heathens. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, and it's frustrating because they, the, from, from our perspective, Modifying your body is not only your inborn right to have 100% control over what happens to your physical form because it is your shell and is no one else's shell. You are not property. You are not someone's... Oh, yeah. You know, you are not... You have complete sovereignty over your physical form. And having someone tell you that you are not allowed to make an adult decision with knowledge about what the situation is, tells them, tells tells you that they think they own you. An- another way I've been putting it recently, and I don't think I came up with this, but it's, it's now become a mantra, is be wary of the people who tell you what you need. Yeah. Because only you know what you need. So if you need a medical procedure, even if someone else thinks it's elective, uh, it's none of their business. If you need yeah. a tool... Uh, for any purpose to decorate or defend yourself, it's none of their business. If you need, you know, you need to not have that. You need to have this. No, 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 no. That's not where we start this conversation. Yep. yep, absolutely. That's not where people who believe in freedom and choice start that conversation. Right, right. And uh, that tells you 100% where they think that you belong. And that is under their heel, as it were. Or, or you are other. Yeah. Um, so... That's kind of where we're at right now. We are really excited to be getting back to work tomorrow. Oh, God. Um, we have a lot of really awesome and patient clients who have been waiting for us to be you know, able to tattoo them legally. Well, um, yeah. And for us, and, and I feel this is true for a lot of our clients. I feel this is true for a lot of the people who really are involved in this industry. The way that we are uh, is that this isn't a choice for us to do this work. This is what do you want to call it? A calling, a drive, an essential part of human nature to do this. I can't not do this. Mm -hmm. Like, so 
this idea that you could choose not to be who you are, that you could choose to yield because you don't need something. I mean, yeah, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The other thing is, here's the other kind of side of it, too. The other reason why um, I think it's important that we're getting back to work Mm -hmm. um, is that like everyone is has is currently still undergoing a pretty traumatic event having your life taken your like your ability to live your life taken away from you Mm -hmm. um being told that you are not allowed to do many of the things that you normally do um being terrified for your health and well-being because you're being told that um if you catch this you'll probably die even though they were also being like, oh, most people aren't going to, they're not even going to know that they're sick, but then you're going to die, um, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's like the adult version of the boogeyman. He's yeah. real, he isn't, he lives under your bed, he's not in your closet, who the fuck knows? Like, right. Um, and people have been stuck at home, maybe by themselves, maybe with loved ones, maybe with an abusive themselves. Oh, abusive. relationships, oh my God. maybe um, in like really difficult work situations because you're working from home and that's not standard. It might be very stressful to do. Um, you're stuck with your kids all the time, which maybe you're not used to because if you don't homeschool them, you probably, you know, get some separation. Right. Um, and if you are now thrust into the, the role of educator and you are a hundred percent unprepared for that, that's a very stressful situation because now you the person who has been told, you know, oh, oh, the teachers know the things to tell the kids. Right. You are now the teacher, and they're going to give you the instructions, but you've got to do the teaching. Well, that part. was—I mean, I don't—that was other again, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have a professor from Harvard saying that they're worried that people homeschooling their children might have too much control over what their children thinks. It's like, is that like me not having control over my body and doing things that don't fit right. with society? Right. This again, this is this horrifying perspective and that people are being told this and they buy into it and it ruins the mind. I also think of all the people who were separated <clears throat> from other people. Right. Anyone who knows anything about people who, you know, I was an alcoholic for years. Uh, a lot of people get into drugs and alcohol and they found through research, at least from what I remember, is that studies done on rats is that rats, even with a drug problem, like gave, gave them a drug problem. You have an opiate addiction, alcohol addiction. Uh, they had the addiction because of loneliness, because yeah, of lack of oxytocin. Yeah. So how many people now, and they didn't shut down a liquor store. They didn't care. Like, we worried no. about your health, but liquor stores are essential businesses. Yeah. But marijuana dispensaries aren't because right. we don't mind if you drink yourself to death, right. but don't you dare get comfortable at all. Don't be nurtured or relaxed or right. or have a good cry because you feel alone. This could be worse. If we don't stop this, everything's going to die. Well, the only thing it did was shatter the remnants of the tribe that we had, right. the, the, the connections we had to each other, the little bit that we had left. Although I do also see a lot of people making more connections online, which Thank gives me God some for that. Hope. And, and yeah, but what I was Sorry. saying was, uh, really like we've all just gone through a trial, like mm-hmm. we've all just gone through a pretty big deal event and we're still going through it realistically. Who knows how long the governments are going to keep this shit up. Oh yeah. No, um, no idea. but like you right might really need to mark that occasion in your life by marking mm-hmm. your body. You may have decided um, that you need to end a relationship 
you need to maybe mark that in your body. Um, you may have realized something because you had the time to contemplate because you didn't have distractions of work. Um, and it might be time to mark that change on your body. It is important to have people available to do that, mm -hmm. to help with that transformation, to help with the ritual of physical change to mark spiritual, emotional change. Um, and I think far more people are far more aware of that nowadays. And after this two months of not actually having contact with other people in the same way they normally do, then like it may be even more pressing that they go through this transformation. I'm kind of hopeful that, that this brings about an awakening of sorts because on so many issues, and I won't go into any of them, human beings are like, well, I need this for me, but I don't like this thing because either I don't need it or it scares me. I don't understand it. Or I don't understand it. <clears throat> like, if you could take anything from this, maybe the experience is that no one should tell you what is best for you. Right. Ever. Ever. Like, they can give suggestions. They can say, hey, according to this, I think it would be better if you did this. Right. But it stops becoming a conversation and they become marching orders when they tell you you have no choice. Well, and here's, I'm going to use a really abstract example. Awesome. So, cigarette cases have warning labels on them. You are an adult and are old enough to decide that you want to smoke cigarettes there is a warning that says this might kill you. There's studies that have shown that it does damage to your lungs and other parts of your body. But you can still spend that $10 a pack if you decide as an adult you are going to take that risk. Except now in Massachusetts, <laughs> if you want menthol cigarettes, you are not allowed to make that decision. Right. Because... That's flavored tobacco, yep. and somehow children will be more interested in flavored tobacco. Even though menthol cigarettes have been around for 80 bajillion years. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like a... And I'm going to generalize, but it's true. Where Who's taken the hit on this the hardest? Yeah. Like, there are cultural stereotypes with this that maybe that's part of that culture is that you would have... Think about where where do you see Newports? What, what, what group do you see this commonly done with? And... Then I actually wonder, oh, that's the group that's commonly seen as other. Mm -hmm. That's probably the reason they were able to push that through. Mm -hmm. Because the group that we define as other, the group that isn't on our level, they don't need to make that or choice. We'll make that choice that for them. Represented exactly. in the decision making. Oh, and after this whole situation and trying to get our rights back to do what we do for a living mm -hmm. it may we were aware of it before it just makes it more glaringly obvious yeah. so um yeah it, you know that's if it took us a long time to come up with this episode it's understandable the same way it's understandable that a lot of you are stressed you're not alone um you have the right to modify your body you should have the right to have control over your body, and you should recognize, at least in my opinion, when you're being sold an argument that gets you to deprive yourself or someone else of that right. Yeah. So be careful of the people who tell you what you need. Yeah. You know, and we will not be doing 
quite a span between this episode. Yeah, I mean, now now that we're kind of back on a regular schedule, um, we're going to try and do this much much more often. I don't know an exact timeline at this point. We've got to break down some new topics. If anyone has any questions or suggestions or things that they're interested in knowing about or understanding better, shoot either one of us a message and we will try and include that in upcoming episodes. Yeah, there's so many things that this subject matter, and a few people have said this, like you guys cover this in a very concise and clear manner and there's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. Uh, Believe me, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of information. just because we touched on something or it sounds like we went over something doesn't mean we may have really addressed it. So if you're looking for something deeper into one avenue or you have questions... Please don't hesitate to reach out, like like T said. It's yep. it's. There are certain things that we may think of as just yeah, that's the way that is, obviously. <laughs> but it may not be obvious to someone else, and that is another idea about I think in a way how other works is that you may be seeing yourself as well. I'm not one of those people, but if I was, no, no, no we all do this, but we may not see that we all do it the mm-hmm. same way. Right now, people are like yeah, I'm fascinated by piercing and tattooing. Cutting your hair, like we said, changing your clothes, you know, tanning, brushing your teeth. These are all body modification, every single one of them. So we're eventually going to get into more of this stuff. We just approach it from the perspective of intentional. Our experience. Yeah, our, our experience. I mean, that's. I think next time we wanted to talk a little bit about more about our personal experience. And how, how we actually approach when we decide to modify our bodies, how that process looks in terms of what we do to decide how, when, what, what the process is going to be and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, if anybody has any questions or things that they'd specifically like to hear about that, let us know. Um, Instagram is probably the easiest way to ask those kinds of questions. Um, Jay's Instagram is Jason Tattoos, J-A-E-S-U-N Tattoos, and I'm at Art and Discord. There we go. Thanks for tuning in. All right, thanks. Each person has the right of sole ownership, dominion, and jurisdiction over one's own life, one's own body, and all processes therein. Each person has sole dominion over one's own body, and no other person, group, organization, corporation, social institution, or government has any dominion over, nor any ownership of, a person's body or processes therein. Each person has sole jurisdiction over one's own body in all decisions, conditions, aspects, and dimensions, and has the sole right to control of their own body and all processes therein. Each person's inherent and supreme right to control of one's own body precedes all other forms of jurisdiction. Social and governmental jurisdictions do not validly apply to a person's body or physical and psychological processes therein and have no right to infringe upon any person's innate body rights.